Humans, 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 welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. Two questions for you. One, are you cool? Are you cool? Two, y'all ready for this? I am Sydney Hollis. And while this is a podcast, I'm not a podcaster. I'm Sydney Hollis. I'm not a podcaster. I'm Sydney Hollis. There are a lot of podcasts. There are a lot of podcasters out there, and they would have edited that. There are a lot of podcasters out there, and they they smell. They don't they don't smell the way we notice it in our olfactory, but they smell. They reek. Ugh! Just the word podcaster makes me sick. I'm not a podcaster. I'm Sydney Hollis, baby. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Let's go. Let's freaking go, humans. It's Friday if you're hearing this, the earliest it comes out, which is September 8th. We're going strong into more summertime. Some, 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 summertime. Humans, today we're going to talk about a lot of things. I've got a new manifesto for you. You know I love my manifestos. College football realignment and the environment. Okay, but there's more to the, there's more to the show than that, humans. We are going to lay to rest a hero and inspiration in so many words, a friend to the program. We're going to say a few words about Jimmy Buffett and his passing. May he rest in peace. We're going to talk, and again, why am I talking sports? Well, because the environment to me is where sports overlaps with the consciousness, okay? The social consciousness, the worldwide consciousness, consciousness. Humans, we're also going to talk about Aaron Rodgers' debut for the New York Jets, again, because it's going to overlap, okay, with the world. So we're going to get into that. I didn't think I was going to... I never thought I'd talk about this. I never thought I'd talk about this. We're going to talk a little khakis. Now, I guess I did talk recently about how I hate tech pants. So maybe maybe we all knew I'd end up talking about khakis. Maybe I've already talked about khakis. For those of you new to the show, we are taking back the summertime. We celebrate the summer right up until the equinox... The corporations, the schools, the federal government. And when I say the corporations, I mean all the sales, all the Labor Day sales. When I say the schools, when do your kids go back to school? When do the kids go back to school? When I say the federal government, I mean Labor Day, the freaking holiday. Don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on it. I love a three-day weekend. I think three-day weekends are a weekend. I think the two-day weekend is... For the birds. But humans, we're not letting any of those people tell us that summertime is over. Summertime ends with the equinox. The planets tell me when the summer's over. Stonehenge tells me when the summer's over. If I even listen to them. So humans, we're going strong into the summertime. But I will admit something. I'm going to admit something in a little bit. And it's not... I don't feel guilty about it in any way. 
So it's more, I'm going to say something powerful. And humans, that's, that's kind of what we're getting ourselves into today. That's kind of what we're getting ourselves into today. Oh, wait. And we have another men's blouse for the quilt. Now, sometimes I say it differently. Sometimes I say we have a men's blouse submission. And then I rule on it. But I'm going to play it a little differently this time. I've already ruled. So we're getting the quilt that we all have in our minds. It's getting another patch. It's getting another square. Okay, humans, before we get to conference, my manifesto, conference realignment and its effect on the environment. Of course, I'm referring to college sports. And before we get to memory lane with Jimmy Buffett, I'll go ahead and talk about this summertime thing. I'm taking the summer back. I went to the beach last Sunday. I stayed true to my word. I did not let college football dominate my Saturday. I watched Tennessee play. Their game ended 3.30-ish. And then I went to a park for a little bit. You know, then I did some other things. I played a little guitar. And then Sunday, I went to the beach. Now, that's not that crazy. So there's not really that much football on, on Sunday. So you haven't proved anything yet. Well, it's true. Perhaps the proof will be in the pudding this weekend. But so, uh, but friends, but friends, but son, son, who was I? What S word was I about to say? But humans, humans, the corporations with their Labor Day sales, the corporations with their this, with their that. I want to go ahead and put a flag in the ground and just say that here at the Sydney Hollow Show, we accept that pumpkin spice is a thing. You know, you watch Good Morning America. You watch the Today Show. You listen to podcasters, which I am not. You listen to podcasters. And they just, they're trying to come up with something to say, man. And so what do they do? They recycle the same topics year after year. Has Pumpkin Spice gone too far? Has Pumpkin Spice come out too early? And different spins on that question. And then two of the pundits will say one thing, and one pundit will say the other. Or two podcasters will say one thing, and then they'll ask their guest later. (laughs) Cool. We accept that pumpkin spice is an annual thing. Okay, I just accept that. Then I'm not surprised anymore. It's actually a relief. And I also accept it's going to be out pretty early. And then we don't have to talk about it, humans. We don't have to do a stupid poll and say, gosh, they've really gone too far. Man, they've gone too far this time. They have gone too far this time. Like pumpkin spice shredded wheat? I just want a high fiber cereal. Now, I haven't seen that, humans, but I'm just being one of those people. But let me tell it. So let me just tell you this. August 24th. So, two Fridays ago, humans, I'm recording this, of course, on a Thursday night. Excuse me, August 25th. Forgive me, humans. August 25th, that's two Fridays ago, because again, the earliest you can hear this is September 8th. I was down in South Jersey, on the Jersey Shore, 
and I went into a Wawa, and you know, that's just that's a whole nother thing. We can get into Wawa's some other time, but love their coffee, love their coffee situation, and they have so many fun choices. It's always hard to decide. You know, do I go regular? Do I go Cuban roast? Do I just go traditional dark roast? That's those are the three that I kind of go between, but they have a lot more choices than that, and. <laughs> What was staring me down? Pumpkin spice. The Wawa pumpkin spice coffee. And they've got it in these great carafes, humans, that keep it so, so piping hot. You know? If you want to dump coffee on your crotch and get some money out of it, that's a great place to do it, I'll tell you that much. So, humans, there it is staring me down. And I was like, you know, curiosity is going to get the cat. And I'm about to pour it, and I'm like, "Do you really want to do this? Like, you, you're, you're like this year is summertime. You're Mister Summertime this year. We're taking it to the equinox." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it, because this isn't gonna change shit. This doesn't have that kind of power over me. You know, I'm just gonna have a cup of pumpkin spice coffee because it's out, and I think it's almost. I thought it was ludicrous." Again, not going to get into that, but I thought it was ludicrous. It's still summertime. I'm in my short pants. I was like, fuck it, man. Fuck it. If they're serving it this early, I'll try it. I will just, I will do it. I will do it and see what happens to me. And it's not going to, it's not going to knock the summer right out of me. So humans, I had a cup, a 20 ounce pour of Wawa pumpkin spice coffee on August 25th. And I'll say this, it was weird. It was weird to the old factory. It was weird to the old factory. We're talking a lot of old factory today, humans. It's weird to the old factory. It was weird to my taste, buds, and my taste. And, you know, for a few sips there, most of the cup, yeah, I got some fall vibes when I had it, but I still knew it was summertime. Why am I telling you this? Well, I thought I may as well tell you, humans. I mean, it relates to so much. And also, it's like, hey, man, that's the spirit going into this thing. The kids are back at school, but it's still summer. Pumpkin coffee's out. I even had one. still summer to me. Now, I probably will not have a pumpkin beer until October. I learned that from a friend of the program, Brad Howe. Friend of the program. That's a nice. That's just a nice way to do it. Don't have a pumpkin beer till October. Now it's got to be tricky though. <laughs> you got to be tricky, or it can be tricky. You know, certain limited editions. If you don't snatch them up in late February, they might be gone in in early early oct. So you got to play it a little bit. Nevertheless, humans, it didn't change me. I'm still hyped up for summer. I'm still planning on going to the beach this weekend. So take. That. Now, of course, Jimmy Buffett is beach adjacent. <laughs> Why don't we talk a little khaki real quick? <sighs> Khakis in New York City. Khakis in New York City. <laughs> it doesn't sound crazy. It doesn't sound eye-catching but yet 
it boggles people's minds. Now, I've told you humans before that you wear shorts enough in New York City, especially in the off-season, and people will notice, you know. I've been in certain groups of friends, and I've been known as the shorts guy because I, I wore shorts, like, you know, starting on some warmer days in March and ending on an especially warm day in October or something. But but mostly in, in times where it's just generally comfortable. I'm not trying to win any awards here. I'm not trying to play a character. But you wouldn't think khaki pants would have that effect on people. I mean, this is New York City we're talking about. There's a little bit of everything here. Every culture's represented. You name it, top to bottom. In every way. And yet, the khaki, <laughs> a pair of dockers, <laughs> can throw people off. Can throw people off. Now, humans, I think I've mentioned a few times that I'm, these days, my job that I do for, you know, my day job when I'm not podcasting. I'm uh, I'm wearing button downs and slacks these days, humans. For lack of a better term, for the pants. And uh, you know, I've got a blue pair. I've got an olive green pair. You know, I have one pair of dressy jeans that I'll bust down on a Friday, maybe even a Thursday on occasion. You know, I've become one of these people, humans. <sighs> But the khakis. Now let's let's rewind a little bit to December of 2005, the very first time I ever visited New York as an adult. I think the last time I had been there up until then, I was 16 with my dad and my sister. A little day trip. Uh, and I had a cup of coffee. I had a cup of coffee at Tom's restaurant in New York City, where the exterior is for the uh, Monk's Diner in Seinfeld. So anyway, humans, December of 2005, first week of December 2005. Why do I remember that? Because that's when the SEC championship was that year, and I remember watching it in a bar for a little bit. Anyway, my first time in New York City, Without my parents. My first time in New York City as an adult and over 21. I was here seeing some friends. I knew some other people that were here. And met up with a friend of mine who had been living here for like two or three years at that point. And I was coming from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was probably... I mean, I'd like to say I was... Well, it must have been... I must have been 24. So humans, I was 24, still felt fresh out of college, you know, felt like college had just ended months before, but I guess it had been out for two years by then, something like that. <laughs> living in Chattanooga, well, living in the South and living on a, you know, a young person's budget, a young person's mindset. But I'm up in New York and I'm wearing some cool clothes. So I think whatever kind of a shirt, a nice North Face uh you know, parka style, but not puffy. 
a parka style shell jacket with a hood. And then some very light khakis. Some very light khakis. Like the not that not that classic khaki color. Not beige. But that lighter one. That lighter color. So I'm hanging out with one friend. One set of friends and end up meeting another friend. And the first thing that this buddy of mine said to me was Sid, khakis in the city. Classic. <laughs> now that color of khaki, that shade of khaki in December, no matter where you are, is probably that's a little more of a spring and summer khaki. I'll I'll give it that. I'll give it that. But I mean, you know, we were also pretty young at the time. This person was also 24. <laughs> it was so great. It was so great because it was like something I wasn't even tuned into. I mean, I, I felt that comment and I heard it and I thought it was interesting. And it stuck with me. And it was... <laughs> but I was like, okay. Well, humans, like I mentioned before, I'm wearing button-downs and slacks these days, so I've got a pair of khakis. And they're not as light as the khakis I just described, but they also are, like, not quite that regular beige. They're a little lighter. But I've also been wearing these at the appropriate season. Not that anything's appropriate. We, we are human. We can be human. We can do whatever we want. But humans, I've... Worn these things to my job a couple of times. <laughs> and I swear, it was like the second time. I'm walking by a person that I talked to quite a bit. And they're like, oh, Sid, are those khakis? <laughs> In what world, humans? In what world? And I questioned, besides New York City, apparently. Our khaki is the thing that's like the sticking off of the canvas, you know? That's the part that's sticking off of the canvas. That's the thing we've grabbed from the universe to talk about upon giving each other our hello salutations. You know, not the weather, not the shirt I'm wearing, you know? I don't, it, none of that. Khakis. Khakis. You'd think that khakis are perfectly neutral. You'd think you could almost, like, if you taught an AI that khaki was, like, the numerical value of khaki was zero, and then everything else was, like, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 into infinity, and negative 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 into infinity, and khaki was zero, it would, it would, you would teach it so much. You would teach an AI so much by giving it that information. But apparently not if it was going to be in New York, though. But Sid, are those khakis? This is like lunchtime. Lunchtime on a weekday. Shocked to see me in khakis. What's going on in New York? So humans, that... Listen. I try to be Mr. Easygoing. We all know I'm an anxious guy, too. The yin and the yang. So I'd be lying if I said this wasn't on my mind after that. So, like, I took a week off from tossing those in the rotation. And then 
it was probably like there was like another reason, like maybe we had a three day weekend or something happened. And so the next week I just went with my navy blue, my olive. And then I was like, oh, I'll do the nice jeans on Thursday and Friday, right? Something like that. So totally, I totally just like, ah, oh, what's, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it's whatever. Like what a, what a thing. And I just, like, I don't know what's going on and I don't, you know, there's safety in a u- uniform, isn't there, humans? No, I went to, you know, a day school, but I went to a school that had a uniform. And there's a little bit of just comfort in that and very easy to get up and go. You don't have to pick anything out. That's kind of how my work clothes are now. My work clothes are my work clothes. It's just I pick from a certain few things, toss them on, let's go. I don't, I don't mix them with my casual wear. But anyway, I took, I took a little time off from the khakis. So I put them back on. I put them back on. Went to work last week. Worked the whole day. And I'm getting ready to leave. And I saw another coworker who I hadn't seen all day. I was like, hey, what's up? What's going on? How's the day treating you, man? <laughs> he goes, he goes, those are khakis, right? <laughs> wow. New York City, man. New York City. I mean, people are cool here, and people have fashion here. You know, people will wear anything. You know, my little get-ups at work, they're just they're just plain Jane. They're neutral. They're just like, I'm not trying to make a splash. Just trying to be ready for anything. Ready for anything. <laughs> but khakis. Khakis. And, I mean, that's a pretty decent... You know, talking about three people here, humans, right? But that's a pretty decent sample size. I mean, one was in 2005. Two were in 2023. You know, all different ages. I'll speculate on the ages. Probably, probably, well, one was 24 at the time. One probably 27 at the time. And then one guy maybe 50. Anyway. (laughs) Incredible. The khaki. Folks, humans, have you ever had, like, were your khakis ever the, you know, the big top? Were they ever the main ring in the three ring circus? Were they ever the star of the show? Were your khakis ever not baby being put in a corner, but baby on display? And I don't mean if you're wearing, like, super short shorts and they happen to be khaki. And I don't mean if you were wearing, like, you know, really, really tight pants and they happen to be khaki and people were more just commenting on how tight your pants were. But all things, whatever. Were your khaki, have your khakis ever been, like, the bell of the ball? Where they're, like, the, they are part of the salutation? Or is this just a New York City thing? Humans, let me know. You know how to do it. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Record into the voice memo recorder on your phone and then hit the share button and share it with that email address, Sydney, excuse me, listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Of course, you can send an old fashioned typed email if that's your preference, but we'd love to hear from you. The khaki. Humans. Jimmy Buffett. He will be missed. He will be missed. 
you know, let's, there's a couple things going on here. One, you know, an artist whom I've enjoyed, especially seasonally. I almost have a, you know, I do. I have a season I listen to the man. So we've got that, you know. But there's also the, the, the gentleman had an empire. There was an industry behind Margaritaville. So we'll talk a little bit about that. A little bit about that too. Let's let's mourn. Then we shall speculate. Well, humans. Last weekend, you know, was it Saturday we found out the news? I think it was Saturday. I was gonna watch some college football, which I did, and uh, I wore. I wore my land shark hat. Wore it out and about. Well, you know what? Why not? Why not? Just to let people know. And it's not that loud of a hat, and it's not a Margaritaville thing. You know, land, land shark's a little bit more of a reserved uh, brand and color palette than uh, Margaritaville. But nevertheless. And then, humans, when I went to the beach on Sunday, I played my old playlist, my new playlist, excuse me. That I won't stop talking about. And uh, it's heavy on the bubble. And we'll get to that in a second. But when I came home, when I took the ferry home from the beach, I usually like to kind of put myself in the mind, spot in my mind where I'm like, man, I still just can't believe that I take this ferry through the Verrazano Narrows, past the Statue of Liberty, and dock in Manhattan. Or just dock in New York. Like so many immigrants did so long ago. I, that's, I try not to let the ride get lost to me. I like the poetry of it. Sometimes I will listen to Paul Simon's American tune when I cross through the Verrazano Narrows. And just, you know, I think, wow, these immigrants, when they were coming to New York from far off lands by boat. You know, they made it through there, and they made it to safe waters. They knew they were going to get to New York City. And then, of course, in later years, they'd actually pass by the Statue of Liberty. And then they'd go to Ellis Island. And then they'd come to New York. And I try not to have that be lost on me. I try to indulge that feeling sometimes, human. But this time, this weekend, coming home from the beach, I thought, well, let's pay some tribute to Jimmy Buffett. So I did listen to his tunes. And just, you know, had a delightful, I mean, the man talked about the water being at sea. Well, that was my personal tribute. This is my public tribute. And so, humans, you know, that was, that was what I did. And I thought, I thought it'd be interesting because, you know, I talk the talk, but do I walk the walk? And the humans, the humans, my Beach 2023 playlist in no particular order. Here are some of the songs. I'm not going to play you all the songs. You want to hear all the songs from my playlist? Come to the beach with me. Come to New York. Come to New Jersey. Come to the beach with me. I'll play you my whole beach playlist, which I said is only getting stronger as we get towards the equinox. But here we have Knee Deep by the Zach Brown Band featuring Jimmy Buffett. Then we have No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problems by Kenny Chesney, heavily inspired by Jimmy Buffett on all accounts. 
Changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes, Jimmy Buffett. Mexico, a cover of the James Taylor song, covered by Jimmy Buffett. Bama Breeze, a newer Jimmy Buffett song. It's on here. Boat Drinks, Jimmy Buffett. One Particular Harbor, Jimmy Buffett. A Pirate Looks at 40, covered by Jack Johnson, Dave Matthews, and Tim Reynolds. This is a great version, humans. Again, again, if you want to listen to this right now, well, not right now, but after you get done listening to me preach, preach my manifesto, a pirate looks at 40, Jack Johnson, Dave Matthews, Tim Reynolds, it's one heck of a version, great guitar, Tin Cup Chalice, Jimmy Buffett, Havana Day Dreamin', Jimmy Buffett, Southern Cross, live, Jimmy Buffett. Of course, that's a cover of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, or whatever version of that band they were at the time they recorded Southern Cross. So, humans, that's my Beach 2023. That's the Buffett. That's the Buffett from my Beach 2023 playlist. I walk, I talk the talk, and I walk the walk. So anyway, does it feel different? Does it feel different that when I put those songs on there, when I listened to them two weeks ago, he was still with us? I guess it does. But I wonder if it's going to feel more different. No, and it does. It does. Let me just stop there. It does. I'm getting ahead of myself. It does. I would have liked to see the man in concert in a beach town outdoors. That's a regret. That's a regret. He came up here to Jones Beach a few times over the years since I've been here. And one particular time I did have a conflict. I had a performance that I knew about way ahead of time that it's just that was that's that, you know. I had my own performance. <clears throat> the other times I couldn't tell you humans. Um Jones Beach up here, Atlantic City. I mean plenty of outdoor I assume he played outside Atlantic City, I don't know. But plenty of beach towns. To go be a parent. Now, I did see him play New Year's Eve at Barclays Center one time in Brooklyn, our basketball arena, but that was not that was not the vibe. It was not the vibe. I had a good time, but it was not the vibe. So he will be missed. But humans, here's the question. Margaritaville. Is there a void? I think there's a void. You know, he is the brand. Now, I'm sure there will be Margaritavilles for decades to come. But I bet it will feel different to go to one. I'll go to another one, for sure. I bet it will feel different the next time I go to one. Now that he's no longer with us. Now, partially, it's just like, oh, because like, I guess that his money's going to his empire in some way, which he's no longer at the helm of. And, you know, as a streamer, I just, you know, I guess there's some pennies going to his empire. But it would feel different than having a, you know, banana daiquiri and some shrimp in his restaurant. So there's a void there, humans. There's a void there. Whose move is it? Maui Jim, whose move is it? Tommy Bahama? Panama Jack? As Pat in Chicago said, Savannah said, 
you know, it seems like there's a there's a void. There's a void. What beach brand? What beach brand's gonna come out of that? Salt Life. You know, the whole what a shake up, you know? What a shake up. It, to the beach lifestyle brands at all, this is this is like This would be like some huge, huge monumental change that would cause Disney to seem unsure of its of its amusement parks. And then Six Flags and Carowinds and God only knows what other amusement parks are in and Cedar Point. And these various parks start to stick their head out of the ground a little bit and they're like, Whoa. Is there a little room here? Is there a little more than just my little 15% of this market? Is there a little more pie for me? Are we going to see a beach brand bloodbath humans? Are the beach brand wars coming for us? Ron John. Ron John's looking around like, hey oh. Maybe it's time we buy a few blenders and put them on a deck. Who knows? Just saying, that man, that man has created something, and, you know, there could be a void. There could be, there could be some room, and there could be some scrambling. We could have a beach brand marketing war on our hands tomorrow humans for all we know or maybe coming soon as in summer of 2024 who knows but boy oh boy they're those pieces of pie in the beach brand universe didn't they get a lot bigger in some people's eyes all of a sudden so we'll see who's gonna make a play we'll see we'll see humans but we do miss jimmy we do miss jimmy Rest in peace. If you have a Jimmy Buffett story you want to share with humans, you know what to do. Listen to your line at sydneyhawshow.com. Humans, we are going to talk a little college sports realignment, college conference, college football, whatever you want to call it. Conference realignment, I guess is what we're calling it. We are going to talk about that. And for those of you that are like, that sounds so dull, I'm turning it off. Well, keep it on a little longer because we're not there yet. But I promise it won't be dull. But we're not there yet. Let's talk a little Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk a little Aaron Rodgers. I've been talking about the guy since the podcast started. And why is that, humans? Because <laughs> something he did intersected with or was a result of something we love around here, which is the double bird. We love the double bird. Humans, if you see someone give or receive or you have given or received the double bird, Please let us know about it. We enjoy telling those stories here at the Sydney Hollis Show. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, was it the football season of 2021, I think? (laughs) Some Chicago fan, he, like, scored. Green Bay was playing uh, Chicago, I think, away. In Chicago at Soldier Field. And uh, he scored a touchdown. 
And a lady, he said a lady gave him the double bird. And then he said this. And the week that that happened, it was more like people were like, wow, look at Aaron Rodgers. Like, I've never seen him that pumped and that crazy and that like in your face to like other fan bases and teams like yelling, I still own you. I still own you to Chicago. And it was sort of just the clip of the week with it, with, with no con with the, without the context of the bird, just that. In fact, it was, no one knew about the bird at first when that, when that clip came out. And then like they asked him, I guess later or like, I mean, I, I think, I think it was a couple of days. I don't think it was in the post game press conference. They were like, what inspired you to get so fired up and say all that? And he was like, oh, well. I scored that touchdown. I looked up into the stance and like an old lady was giving me the double bird. <laughs> Incredible. Love a double bird story. And that might be the one that inspired them all. Meaning that me inspired us being into them here at the show. Maybe it would have happened sooner or later. But humans, Aaron Rodgers is now on the New York Jets. They have their first game and first home game. This Monday, September 11th. Of course, that is a day that we will never forget. That was a very sad day, a very alarming day for those of us that uh, were alive for it or uh, that are you know, old enough to have remembered it. But nevertheless, they're playing on Monday, September the 11th, quote unquote, in New York, really, of course, across the, across the river in New Jersey. New York's only home team is the Buffaloes, way up in Buffalo. The Giants and the Jets both play in New Jersey. But in front of the home, New York fan base, against the Buffalo Bills, the Bills, you know, are supposed to be very good again this year. And people are saying the Jets might legitimately, you know, have a shot at the Super Bowl. This is all the preseason talking. This take could, this... Me saying this may or may not age well, humans, but right now, that's the talk. Is that the Jets are supposed to be something, which would be the first time in a very long time for them. And New Yorkers are thirsty for that. Jet fans, especially. There's a lot, you know, there's more Yankees fans out there. There's more Giants fans out there. But the Jets fans are hungry for something, and they can almost taste it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. To watch and to be a part of uh, in the way that, to me, live television brings us together. I just I get a feeling when I watch live television, especially live sports, that I'm like, oh, I'm not just some lonely dope watching this by myself in my room or streaming this thing. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm watching this thing that like millions of other people are watching right now. And it, it, I just feel connected to the earth in that way. <clears throat> part of the earth that I care about, right, humans? So anyway, the thing about the game being on September 11th, though, is I think we all know there'll be some pretty big tributes. Now, one, it's a Monday night game, so it's on Monday. So it's the only game on that week, or on that night. So football's back, the football heads, like myself, you know, are just mouth-watering. It's the only game on, and... You know, arguably, matchup-wise, and like what's yet to come, and and all that, this it kind of is 
one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the weekend, anticipation-wise. And then, of course, it's going to be in the New York area on 9-11. So you know they're going to do a tribute. <clears throat> and that's how I feel. it. I know they're going to do a tribute. You know, that will be interesting to see. And, and you know, I, no, I know people say never forget sometimes, you know, as a joke. Or to get a laugh, or, or whatever, or to point out that hey, I thought we weren't supposed to, but I do try to never forget. And I think when I watch the beginning of the game, the national anthem, and that, and whatever they do during halftime, I probably will get a little, a uh, little misty-eyed. Um, that's just that's just that's just that. But the game is the game. Humans, I'm, I'm telling you all this because like. I have a feeling 9-11 is getting swept up into some of this. I was talking to a person a few weeks ago, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're coming to New York for the Bills-Jets game. And it's going to be 9-11. And the way they said it, I was like, well, you know, it's not a ride. You know, it's not you're going to be in the village for the Halloween parade. Um... You know, you're not going to be in the village for the Pride Parade. You're not going to be on Fifth Avenue for the Puerto Rican Day Parade. You know, you're not going to be on Broadway for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, this is, you know, it was the way they said, oh, yeah, and it's going to be 9-11. It's like, you know, I mean... I hope they do something at the game. I, I think that will be meaningful. I hope that, like, everyone reflects at some point. And I guess if there's any other sporting events, maybe that they'll say a few words across the country, What whether it's like a child's volleyball game or something. But th- there's just something to me that's like the way this person said it, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling they're not alone in the world. They're like, yeah, and it's not 11. Like, they're so stoked to be coming to New York for 9-11 like it's an attraction. That was the vibe I got, Hewitt. I could be way off. But that was the vibe I got. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's 9-11. It's a 9-11 game or something. I, I don't know. That part fell off to me. Um, That's just me. That's just me, Hewitt. So last year, a bunch of friends of mine were going to go watch the uh, first Tennessee game of the year. They were playing Pitt last year. And uh, I believe it was the first game of the year. Nevertheless, if I would have gone, and I couldn't go because I couldn't get enough time off at work. But I was going to be flying home to New York City on 9-11, and I was like, that feels weird. I don't, you know, I couldn't go anyway, so I didn't have to make that decision. But I was like, that kind of feels weird to me. I don't know. I mean, we're all different. I was like, I don't know if I want to fly into New York City on 9-11. Not so much that I'm scared that something's going to happen, but I just... Something about it doesn't sit right with me. Now, who knows if I would have done it or not. I don't know, I don't know how much it it makes me think, but it certainly made me pause. So anyway, humans, I just... I don't know. And, you know, I've been to the 9-11 memorial a few times. And every now and then you'll see, like, someone take a selfie there. And you're like, you know, this is like... This isn't Statue of Liberty. This isn't 
Madison Square Garden or Central Park. I mean, this is, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge gravesite. So it's just, I don't know, when I see people taking selfies at the memorial and I hear someone say that, it does just makes me think. It makes me think a little bit like, oh, well, you know, it's cool you're going to the game and it will, you probably will get a little misty-eyed and a little frog in your throat, if not open the weep if they do a demonstration, but I don't know. It's <laughs> too soon for me, I guess, you know? Like, it's not the 4th of July, you know? I imagine I would want to cheer if there was a flyover, but it's, it's not the 4th of July. Anyway, humans, that's your boy. But I am excited for Aaron Rodgers' this first game, so I am going to watch that game and be amped. But not not because of what day it is, if that makes any sense. Humans, we have a new men's blouse on our hands. A new men's blouse in cinema. If you're new to the show, if you're new to the show, we want to know about men's blouses in cinema. Blousey shirts, flowy, flowy shirts. And we have a quilt. We have a quilt in our minds. We have a new one. But before we get to that, humans, let's get to my manifesto. Conference realignment and its effect on the environment. So, humans, we are getting to my manifesto. I just teased it. I just brought things up to a fever pitch. And... Listen, I don't say it often. I don't even know if I believe it, but God is great. And it just so happens that Brian, Brian and Pelham. And I try to look at my phone when I record humans, but sometimes I have it and it was at the right angle. And I saw Brian texted and he said, I've got something for the listener line. Can I get it in? And it just, it just so happened to be about what I was about to talk about. And I was like, brah, because he, he just kind of loosely mentioned what he wanted to mention. I said, we just got to have you on. He was like, I got to come on. We said it to each other at the same time. So here he is, live from Pelham, New York. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, Brian, say hi to the humans. Hey, humans, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm Brian and Pelham, Brian, formerly Brian and Murray Hill. But, you know, even before that, I was I was Brian on the Chesapeake Bay. And that, that's that's who I am tonight. That's who I am tonight. Wow. Are you is that where you are right now? No, that's that's what I, that's who I was. You know, that's that's oh, like oh oh you know, I see. I'm Brian. I'm still Brian from from southeastern Virginia. I'm okay, Brian yeah. This is exciting. So humans, when he said he had a topic for he said something had something for the listener line. I said I'm recording right now. It may have to make it in next week. And he says, well, have you talked about conference realignment yet? And I said, I'm literally about to do that. So all I know. All I know is that he's about to talk a little conference realignment, and so am I. So uh, that's all I know, human. So when you hear this, it'll be the first time I hear it as well. So this is very exciting. This feels very live. Yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, for sharing live. the mic. <laughs> Dude, there's, plenty you know, to, you... there's plenty to go around. <laughs> well, you do You do let the humans, you know, you let, you let the humans participate, you know. I love it's it. It's all our show. My name just happens to be on the marquee, but that's where it ends. <laughs> it's all of our show. So here's my manifesto, humans and Brian. Uh, college re- conference realignment and its effect on the environment. Well, before we get to the environment, I've just been thinking to myself, what happens to these local rivalries? And I'm thinking California. I'm, my mind is in California. And I'm like, you know, 
aren't California teams kind of supposed to hate each other? I mean, just because of the, you know, the way, the way that like when you have a local rivalry, there's that feeling, that local feeling. I mean, does this, does this harken back to like ancient Rome and like different cities fighting each other in certain ways or something? What, what is this itch inside of us? And so what happens to those rivalries? I ask myself, but I, beyond that, so beyond that little nugget, what happens to the environment? What happens when, oh, for Stanford and for Cal to have now joined the Atlantic Coast Conference, for them to play like a million games on the East Coast, and then those teams have to go play them on the West Coast, where's the jet fuel coming from? Where, where is the jet fuel coming? We know who's paying for it. People like me that are going to watch the advertisements and buy the products and, and keep this machine in business. And I'm not proud of that, at least right now. But where – there's no – you know, I wish I wish I had the time, humans, to do the math of what it would take to, to drive buses, you know, and play all of the Pac-12 games versus what it's going to take environmentally. You know, jet fuel wise, and God only knows how many jets are there. How many jets does it take to move an entire, entire Power Five big time football team across the country? Like, I just, all these rivalries, the further they get spread out, you know, let's, yes, I think that's going to water them down. But beyond that, what's going to, what about the emissions? We're in climate collapse they just announced this week we're not even in climate change anymore we're in climate collapse so my manifesto humans is more of a question now brian i know you have some thoughts i hope i didn't step on your toes too much not at all well and you're you know you're right it's not but it's not just these they did it for the college for the football teams right that's why they did it you know that's why they did it so you know but stanford i just looked this up stanford has 36 varsity sports they're all wow. playing on the East Coast now, right? Like Unbelievable. Their, their volleyball team, their golf team, their tennis team, their swimming team, you know, like they're going to have to ship. They're going to have one in-state away game. That's it, right? Wow. And then, dude, that's just at Cal. Yeah, that's a Cal. And then SMU, right, Southern Methodist, you were talking about a bus. I literally did look this up earlier because I was just curious. They're more than twelve hours driving from every other school in the in the ACC. University, <laughs> <In any laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no one like there's no one even in a bordering state, right? Like I think the closest school, I think it's like it's like Louisville or Georgia Tech is like literally the closest you can get to, to SMU. SMU. That's how and far hum- they are. And for humans that aren't following um, the college sports. The uh, thing, all these conferences are realigning and teams are jumping ship on their conference and joining other ones. And the the one that Brian and I both have chose to talk about today is that the that Cal and Stanford and SMU and Texas uh, have all joined the Atlantic Coast Conference. So that's just just no. to catch you up, humans, if you weren't aware well, of that. And my take on it is, you know, my my uh, my addendum to the manifesto is conference realignment, <laughs> and it's like, and it's effects on like vocabulary and geography right wow. and, like, this, is the, this is the atlantic coast conference 
and there's two teams on the Pacific Ocean in it now. <laughs> what are we talking about? This is ridiculous. Right? Like when I was like 11 years old or something, I think I was 13 years old when Duke won, like one of my favorite basketball teams ever. Duke won the national championship with Shane Battier and Jay Williams and Mike Dunleavy Jr. and Carlos Boozer and like a lot of really good players. Um, and, uh, like the ACC at the time was like Duke, UNC, NC State, Wake Forest, all in North Carolina, UVA, Maybe Virginia Tech had joined by then. I don't actually remember. Okay, because uh, they were in the Big Ten for a little while or something. No, no, yeah, no, excuse me, the, the Atlantic East. Ten. Oh, Big East, Big East. So, oh, maybe the Atlantic Ten, actually. I think maybe it was. Something I don't remember they were before. And yeah. then, like, Georgia Tech was in it. Maryland was in it. Clemson was in it, right? So that – and then, like – and then they then they added Miami. It was like, well, that's pretty far compared to the others, but, you know, whatever. It's still on the Atlantic coast. And they added Boston College. Sure. It got a little bigger. And then lately it's been Notre Dame and Louisville and Pittsburgh and uh, Syracuse. And it's like, okay, I mean, like we're really stretching what it means to be on the Atlantic coast at this point. And like Louisville, the hills of, the hills of Kentucky are <laughs> part of the Atlantic coast. But now it's like Texas and California are on the Atlantic coast. They're in the Atlantic <laughs> coast conference. It's absurd. And you're right. Like these rivalries, what's cool about the Duke UNC rivalry, besides the fact they're both good, which is what all anyone can pay attention to anymore is like, well, the best teams have to play the best teams. That's all anyone cares about. Right. It's like Duke UNC, they're at their closest. I think they're like under 10 miles apart. Right. Wow. Yeah. Like, like you're not, you don't get on the interstate to go between Duke and UNC, you know, like, they, yeah. They're down the road. And same with NC State. Like, they're all in the research triangle, right? Right. Um, and, you know, like, so when I was growing up in southeast Virginia, you know, people didn't really care that much about pro teams. The, the D.C. teams, if the D.C. teams had been really good, they probably would have, like, sort of penetrated down to southeast Virginia. But we're, like, four hours from D.C., you know? So culturally, okay. it's not that much connection to the D.C. pro teams. And they weren't really that good, you know, at the time. Uh, so... So, like, people paid attention to college sports, and, you know, it had a lot of, like, I knew a lot of people whose parents or older siblings went to all of these schools, right? Okay. Like, Wake Forest, UNC, Georgia Tech, NC State. I, like, literally knew people that were connected to all of these schools. Yeah. Um, And so, like, you know, the, like, Duke-UNC game was, like, a big deal in our high school, right? Like, you know, people, like, wore stuff to school and, like, sort oh, of wow. smack. Yeah. Um, even though I was in Virginia, we were, we were like pretty close to fair to, enough. And I mean, that's like, you know, we've talked about that rivalry before here, here on the show. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's iconic. Yeah. So like, but yeah, I mean, they've chosen to just totally like deprioritize any sort of like regional flavor or anything. It's like, what is your identity now that you're like, rather than being like this sort of like, cool regional basketball heavy conference now you've completely rebranded yourself as we're the third best conference in college football that's who we are right, right. like you know like the big 10 got usc so we'll take stanford and cal you know yeah. like uh like the sec got oklahoma and texas so we'll take smu like what are you doing it doesn't make any I hear sense you. Well, like you said, the local flavor, the local flavor, you know, all we ever hear about, all, and I, I hate it, but all we ever hear about is how great high school football is in Texas. 
But I mean, yeah. just, just let's just map this on that. How stupid would the show Friday Night Lights be if it was like high schools had realigned and then you're driving up to Minnesota to play the fucking game? I mean, can you can you watch a high school drama about children, you know, like doing that? I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be local flavor. Yeah, half half their episodes would be like them in on planes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, yeah. you just brought up something that I didn't even think about. You know, like you said, this is all being done for football. But I didn't even consider that, like, people from Cal are going to want to watch their team play Duke. So are they going to, like, fly to Durham? I mean, that's the, oh tiniest, that's the tiniest arena. Like, the yeah, Cameron Crazies, I mean, they're known for how crazy yet right. small that arena is. How, not that you're going to get any fans anyway, but – how the fuck are like? I don't even get it. Fans from Cal are gonna like try to get into the Cameron Indoor. Like, how's that? Gonna, I mean, yeah. Well, just, I'll tell you what. I don't know how easy it's gonna be to get into Cameron Indoor, but like the places where they play in huge stadiums, like I get really easy to get a ticket. They'll be they'll be like half empty. Like, who's gonna want to watch? Like, who's gonna like the Dean Dome where the UNC plays? Or like, and I, I don't remember what it's called where NC State plays, but they're like big. They're a really big arena. <laughs> like, who's gonna show up? To watch a regular season game against Cal, like I didn't, literally, I didn't know that Cal had a basketball team. I like can't think of a single time in my life when I've been like, maybe their basketball team is not even Division One. I. I don't know. I know UCLA is good at basketball. I know Stanford's okay at basketball, but like, I know Cal has a football team. I not, literally couldn't even tell you. Gun to my head, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Cal even has a basketball team. I, like. Who is going to watch that game? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to travel. Yeah. Especially like the Cal fans. Like you, you talk about like, oh, yeah, these fans, they really travel well. You know, it's like <laughs> who's going to who's going to cross the country to like, oh, Cal's got a weekend road trip. They're playing you know, Duke on on Friday and UNC Sunday. They're going to lose by a total of 80 <laughs> points between the two games. Like, who's going to go to that game? And like this is not to pick on the research triangle, but when I had my cousin Kent on the podcast, he even said Raleigh's a great place to live, but not the best place to visit. I mean, like, what are you gonna do in Durham and Raleigh if you decide to make the trip and you're from California? I don't know. I mean, you're not gonna be there long. You're gonna have to like you have to start traveling back as soon as you get there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, wild. I have a friend who went to Cal, actually. Maybe we should hear from him in future episodes. But, you know, he – every story I've heard of him from college, like, did not involve any kind of, like, sports fandom. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, we were in Berkeley and, uh, you know, we had a trampoline in our yard and we had slack lines between all, like, five different slack lines around the trees, around the trampoline. Like, they were just sort of like hacky, sap, hacky sack type, <laughs> type hippies out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, I literally like the only thing I know about Cal is like the Stanford band, which is a famous moment in sports, but that's like, that's like 40 years ago now. Was Elway in that game? I think something like I, that. Yeah. I think he might have been. Yeah. The poor trombonist. Yeah. <laughs> oh but, man. Yeah, dude. It is just in the rivalries. I mean, like, like even, you know, just to, 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 to put it in terms that I enjoy, I mean, Tennessee, Florida, you know, I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. So Georgia, Florida is, you know, 
grew up knowing that's a huge game. It's on neutral territory in Jacksonville, but those teams hate each other. Like, remember hearing stories like just from parents at like the school, like elementary school, you hear the parents talking like, oh yeah, there was a fight on 995 between tennis, between Georgia and Florida fans. And I would say, you know, I hate to admit it, but Georgia, Florida is a much bigger, bigger rivalry than Tennessee, Florida, even though, but whatever, all in the same region, you know, which right. teams hate each other and you come across those people and it comes up, it comes up in conversation at a party or whatever. I mean, how is this going to come right. up between Stanford people and we're leaving out Florida State, I guess, but you know we're, uh, we haven't mentioned them. But like, uh, but these various, yeah, like you, uh, NC State and Stanford, like, are they ever going to develop a hate for each other? I it's it's ridiculous, and who knows honestly how often they're even going to play each other now? Because now all the conferences are so gigantic that they split them into regions, right? You know, you used to play everybody in your conference. Right. And now it's just like, <laughs> there's too many teams in your conference for you to play everybody. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, it's you'd weird. have to play, like, you're not going to play a 17 week college football schedule, you know. So right. you're not going to play everybody else. So it's like, I was, uh, I was like, is there going to now be like the Atlantic Coast Conference Pacific region? Like, <laughs> it's, I don't, I don't understand. And then does like the West, does like, Wake Forest get lumped into the Pacific region because they're like a yeah. kind of a westernly team. Yeah, somebody's really going to get screwed on that. Tallahassee's like, pretty far west. Yeah, yeah. Whoever's <laughs> like the farthest west of the actual East Coast schools is just going to get totally screwed. A team like, in Florida Pittsburgh. in the Pacific Division. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. I, I like. I just I don't. Because, I mean, I get that it's all a business, right? Especially where the big sports are concerned. I get that it's all a business. But at some point, this has got to get to a point where it's stupid enough that it's bad for business. At some point, this must be so dumb. Like, I don't know if they're even going to keep calling it the Atlantic Coast Conference, which would be a tragedy, right? I was I was wondering that, too. Like, when do they just take the names away? And then it's just yeah. – then really it's a free-for-all. Not that it isn't already, but. Yeah, it's, it's like the the only thing. Well, the only other example I can think of that is as dumb is the Big Ten. It's another conference realignment thing. It had like how many teams are in the Big Ten now? Sixteen or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, why are we stopping here? Like, why don't we have a couple of colleges from England? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oxford and Cambridge, technically they'd be a better fit on the Atlantic Coast Conference than <laughs> Berkeley and Cal. And it's, yeah. like, it's not that yeah. different of a flight, right? Next year, Arizona State's going to join the Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, speaking of Ivy League, now you, if you don't mind my saying, you're an Ivy League uh, guy. You're, you're a Harvard man. You're yeah, a Harvard that's how person. I define myself first and foremost. You're a Harvard human, excuse me. Yeah. We, we we needn't bring gender into this uh, cloudy conversation. Uh, but like you know, I've I've heard people say Stanford is quote unquote West Coast Ivy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of schools that claim to be like the blank blank Ivy. I mean, Stanford is like a. a, a by many metrics, a better school than any of the Ivies at this point. So yeah, it's like, okay, it's like, but they, but they do what makes the Ivy league like a conference technically. And is like the same thing that makes them bad at sports is like, they don't offer athletic scholarships. Oh, so, I didn't like, know that. 
Yeah. So like they saw the direction that college sports were trending in, I guess. And they got together these like really old schools and they were like, you know, we're, we're just going to keep this as like sort of genuinely amateur stuff like that. But now what's happened is they all have such generous financial aid packages that are like, uh, they're purely like need base. Right. Okay. So basically like these colleges, like tuition is like, if your tuition is like, you know, 50 or $60,000 a year or something, and you offer like really generous financial aid packages to anyone whose family makes under like $150,000 a year, right? Then it's like, well, you essentially can't offer an academic or an athletic scholarship. It's just, it's just okay. the guise of financial aid. So okay. basically now the teams have started to get a little bit better. Um, okay. Um, I mean, the football team could never compete with like a, a power five program, but like, you know, like I, you know, Cornell went to, like the Sweet 16. Yeah, like, don't forget Lynn Sanity. Don't forget. Yeah, you were there, yeah. weren't you? I was there. I was there. I'm one of the few people who was at Harvard with Jeremy Lynn. There are a lot of people who were at Harvard with Jeremy Lynn who could say they were friends with him. I'm one of the few people who could say I was a fan. I was not his friend. <laughs> but I went to a lot of his games. And like I watched Jeremy Lynn like hit. I literally watched Jeremy Lynn hit a triple overtime buzzer beater in front of a crowd of about maybe 250 people. Wow. It was incredible. And he was, he got hammered too. He got fouled. He would have taken free throws if he hadn't made the shot. He made the, oh, wow. like a half court triple overtime buzzer beater shot against William and Mary. It was like one of the best things I've ever seen live. Now back yeah. to this Ivy league thing really quickly. So if Stanford is quote unquote, West coast Ivy, right. Mm-hmm. But then we, I've always been led to believe UNC, NC state, Duke, uh, you know, especially, you know, uh, or yeah. these prestigious institutions, right. you know, is Stanford getting in bed with them? Is it is it watering down what they've they've tried to brand themselves as? You know, or is this are these guys going to now call themselves Atlantic Coast Ivies or something? Where does this where is I, this going? I think supposedly that's supposed to be part of like the identity of the ACC already is that it's like um, that the schools are fairly academically competitive. Okay. That makes sense. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Okay. Yeah, like Georgia Tech, Duke, UNC, UVA. Like, like, uh, I think that those would be schools that, you know, they're uh, pretty competitive, pretty hard to get into. I mean, nowadays, like, you know, like it's just hard to get into, like, competitive colleges. Like they're all they're all way more competitive than they were when we were playing. But like, um, I so I think that that sort of fits, like. You know, I, I think the Pac-12 was like a little bit like that too. Rest in peace, Pac-12. Oh, um, man, the Pac-2. Rest in, rest in pieces scattered across the conferences <laughs> of America. Um, but like, I so I think that kind of works. Like Duke is like you know people call Duke in Miami like the Ivies of the South and stuff like that. You know, like which I like think Miami, that like works. the University of Miami. Yeah, I think people say that oh. about Miami. Maybe they say like the Ivy of Florida or something. Okay. Yeah. The, the Ivy of Miami. <laughs> the Ivy of Miami, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. It is uh yeah, man, it's uh it's a it's a wild wild time to be alive. Gone gone are the days of of you know road trips on the road. Now they're air trips. Well yeah, and you think like just um like like of course Georgia's in the SEC and their big rivals, you know, are are Tennessee and, and Florida and uh, among others. 
Uh, they have a big rivalry with Auburn, some old-timey rivalry. But also when they play their, like, their annual rivalry with Georgia Tech. I mean, Athens and Atlanta are a stone's throw away from each other. Right. And, uh, this, you know, they have this, like, they have that interconference um, rivalry. And, like, yeah, how is that even going to like, – can those stay intact? You know, can, can UCLA yeah. – I mean, I know they're UCL, UCLA and USC are about now in the Big Ten, right? But, like, how is all this yeah. going to shake out, even those kind of closer things? I mean, that's where all the hatred and the fun of it comes from. I know. Yeah, well, this, uh, you know, I, uh, you and I are hopefully going to watch that soccer game together next next weekend. That's, like, that's <laughs> yeah, two kept, pro soccer yeah. teams. Two of the best pro soccer teams in Italy, like, two of the top four teams in Italy. They play in the same stadium, Right. Oh wow! When, when they play each other, nobody's the home team. Like they play it, like at that place, like as a like neutral. I think they play it like nobody's the home team. I think, but okay. it's like yeah, like they, you know, like that's uh, you know that's like a hundred years of playing against each other and being you know two of the best teams in Italy, like in sharing a stadium, sharing a city, like that's you cool, wow. right? And yeah, yeah, the 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 locality of it. I don't know. I mean it. It is, it is totally bizarre. I like, I texted my dad about it because you know I used to watch a lot of ACC stuff with him, and <laughs> like he like very rarely curses, yeah, especially by a text. But I sent him the article that like, and he was like, "That's some crazy shit." <laughs> that was a very, that was a funny take. But yeah, no, Brad, I do want to ask you this. Yeah. I do want to ask you this, and I think you've kind of already touched on it, but like. <clears throat> Like this, these conferences, like you said, they're just like they're now all vying to be like the quote unquote best conference. I mean, they're essentially just all creating little mini NFLs in terms of like, well, it's just another, it's just a whole nother league. It's just another league and another league. And it's like, it's like weird, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just like, it's just so, it's just gonna, it's just going to go be all so spread out. So we're watching just different versions of the NFC and the AFC or something. Yeah, it, it, yeah, right. It's, it's like how, you know, like the National League and the American League, it's like kind of hard to figure out, well, why are some teams in one and some teams in the other? I guess, you know, that has to do with like when the teams joined or saying, or, or like, you know, the, yeah, the NF, NFC and AFC are saying, yeah, I, I don't yeah. get it. I don't get what these things are supposed to mean anymore. You know, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's very strange. It's not, it, it seems like, uh, a little too much chaos. Maybe, maybe we'll get used to this or maybe like it'll get dialed back somehow. And like, you know, the West coast teams will have like some, some new option. It's weird. Cause like also, you know, these, these West coast teams, like I think they joined under, under pretty dire circumstances, like Stanford and Cal, I think are getting like, they're not going to get a full share of the like ACC TV rights for like several years. And SMU oh, is like SMU's deal was like even worse. They were just like so <laughs> desperate to get into like a Power Five conference. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll find out how SMU's basketball team is. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, guess we'll see if like you know some other version of amateur sports catches our eyes. This thing seems to go further and further from that. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it is it is truly strange. I mean, you know, I'm happy for the I'm happy for the athletes with the NIL stuff. Like I'm happy, you know, that like like Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and 
you know, like I, I'm happy like they're like you don't have to pretend to be amateurs anymore and they can make some money off it. Fair um, enough. But but like yeah, I don't know. It's it just it just seems like from a from a branding perspective, it's just like ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and you're 100 percent right about the environment too. You're 100 percent right about that. You know, maybe we'll have a, we have our time to make our metrics now, you know, and see what this really looks like. See how it shakes out. Well, Brian, yeah. thank you for coming on. This is I'm so glad this worked out perfectly, like like true serendipity. Yeah, thank you for thank you for sharing the mic. As always, I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. A couple of guys with a couple of manifestos, and that's what we were humans. Brian, thank you for coming on. Wow. I mean, that just worked out, humans. It really worked out. <laughs> How do you like that? A surprise guest? Well, humans, I promised you a blouse, and we're going to get to that blouse. So, David in Boulder, we've heard from him before, and he sent in a blouse before, and he sent in another winner from the movie Wild Things in 1998. It's Matt Dillon as Sam Lombardo. Boy, oh boy. This, and he sent me a picture. Humans, I'm going to get, you know, this is a quilt in our minds, but I'm going to get this picture up on the website. I'm going to get this picture up on the website by Saturday, September 9th. Matt Dillon as Sam Lombardo in Wild Things. This is a nice, linen, flowy, flowy number. This is a men's blouse. He's got the first one, two, three, four buttons open. And it would be it would be loose without those buttons open, you know? That's what we're looking for here in a blouse, you know. Any shirt can be loose with the buttons open. This shirt would be a flag on a flagpole flapping around with the buttons closed, but the first four buttons open. Sleeves rolled up not quite to the elbow, kind of halfway, halfway between the watch and the elbow, see-through white linen, you know, that see-through kind of linen where the pocket, because it's an extra layer, you can see less of the human skin behind it, and similar with like the the extra folds where the buttons are and, and any seams, just a fantastic Fantastic men's blouse. Congratulations, David. You earned yourself a Sid Buck. You earned yourself a Sid Buck. We're going to get to hear all the blouses again, because I promised that. But I'll tell you what, humans. We had that surprise interview. We're running a little long. So we're going to get you all the blouses. We're going to get you all the blouses next episode, because I promised that when someone submits a blouse. But we just don't have time today. Choo-hoo! Just dropped a little something on the computer screen that my my phone that I was looking at the email from the listener line on. Anyway, humans, that picture will be up on the website sydneyhollishow.com by Saturday, September 9th. Have a great weekend. We're going into the strummer. Strummer! It is a strummer summer. Get those guitars out, humans. We're going into the summer strong because we party right up until the equinox. 
It's been a pleasure spending another night with you humans, another day with you humans, another chore day, another drive, another bicycle ride, another beach day, however it is you listen. I'm happy to be in your lives, and I'm happy you're in mine. Peace and love. Peace and love.